0: I'd ask you to turn in your Bibles today to 1st John, 1st John chapter 2, beginning at uh, verse 18, John chapter 2, beginning at verse 18. Uh, We've been looking at, uh, uh, we've been actually looking at the resurrection and some, many of the things that happened in the resurrection and after the resurrection, right up to the ascension, up until a week ago, a little over a week, two weeks ago, and then uh, Pastor—he's uh, not pastor anymore, I guess here—but but Brother Clint came and preached for us, and I know that must have been have been awesome. And uh, so uh, uh, we're going to get back to First John, but I wanted to do something first. I wanted to to uh, recognize Asher. Did they take him out? Okay. Well, that was kind of done before. I didn't know if that would suffice or if Pastor need to do that or not, but. But, uh, and then I'd like to recognize Jacob and Hannah Vash, and uh, they're here first time since their marriage. And would you guys stand up? And, and uh, we just want to welcome you. And, uh, they're both graduates of, uh, of NCA. And so, hey, I tell you what, I, uh, I, uh, in, before I read the scripture, I've, Becky and I spent with uh, 20-some people from the NCA this last week. Uh, in New York City, and we left out last Saturday and stuff, and and uh, Josh was talking about his his travels, too. One of the things that uh, was different for me, I've been to New York a few times and stuff, and I always, you know, I love to get out and play in the dirt and things like that, um, and and I don't mind that a bit, uh, planting shrubs or vegetables or flowers or making the stone walkway like we just did or some other things like that. I don't mind that a bit, but Man, New York City just seems dirty, and it seems dirty in all the wrong ways. The t- things I don't want to touch. You know, matter of fact, my kids, when they get on a subway, uh, they do this trick where they uh, where they put their fingers around a pole and try not to touch it. And of course, the first one that the first one that touches it, as the train is moving and they don't move gently and things like that. Uh, uh, is it or out or whatever uh, has the plague maybe i don 't know but uh, but uh this time though uh, the, the grime and stuff was still there, and no a matter of fact it 's worse in the subways than anywhere else but uh um, a, a, that wasn 't on my mind so much. One of the things that the tour guide shared with us or somebody did along the line, was that there were one hundred and ninety eight um, languages. <laughs> Uh, in New York City, 198 languages in New York City. And I got to tell you, I think I heard 135 of them while we were there. Uh, uh, and, and, that, and actually, that wasn't something that turned me off about, you know, sometimes I think, you know, if you're going to come to our country, you need to learn our language, you need to do things like that. And I agree with that, but I, as a whole, but what was cool this time and New York City is absolutely no resemblance of heaven whatsoever. But I kept thinking there's going to be at least 198 languages in heaven. Um, now, I do think that there will be this awesome ability like there was on the day of Pentecost, which we'll be looking at in a couple of few weeks. But uh, um, where where you're able to hear and understand, even though someone's speaking in another language, they're speaking in German or they're speaking in Czechoslovakian or they're speaking in Afghanistan or whatever that is. Uh, you're still going to be able to hear them in, in, and hear them as they worship God, as you're worshiping God and the praise of all those people and stuff. But I thought that that was really so cool. And I thought, you know what, we have to do some things to make ourselves look more like, uh, heaven. And, um, and one of the things that I've noticed over the 24 years that I've been here, first of all, when I first came, one of the things that we talked about doing, uh, at least the district asked us about doing, was uh, was having a Spanish church, a Spanish-speaking church. in our. And, of course, we want anybody that can understand what's being said in English and stuff to be a part of this service and a part of, of this church. But for those where a language would be a barrier, then, I, then we wanted to uh, um, make make a way for that to happen, and God's allowed us to have two different Spanish churches, and we have one in Spanish-speaking churches, and we have that right now, but one of the other things that I've noticed over the 24 years is the demographics of our city, of Crowley itself, of Burleson, and of South Fort Worth, and things like that, it's changing, and yet our congregation doesn't look like that changes, and taken much of a, and, and I'm sorry if this makes you feel uncomfortable, but it's just a reality. Um, if I go over here to Walmart, the demographics of Walmart are far different than the demographics in this place right here. And so God has placed upon my heart that, that we would be a people that reach whoever, wherever, um, in our neighborhood, in our society, at Walmart, wherever, of anybody that would come and be a part and know Jesus Christ and, and walk after Jesus Christ. So yesterday, as I've been thinking about that on our trip and stuff and things, I was, at, I was at Kroger's, and I got this thing where I buy several gift cards, and when I buy the gift cards, it gives me money off of my gas. And, and, um, and I got this last time I was getting a dollar off gas, so I'm paying $1.35 for gasoline uh, per gallon, which is pretty sweet. And, I'm, and especially because I didn't turn around and use the gift cards then on things I was already going to spend money on. So so I, I, I do it that way on purpose, and I got this dollar off, and I'm, I filled up my tank, but at the end of that, I always have more gas. I always have more. It'll let me go to 35 gallons. My Mine only goes to somewhere around 30, and so I always have a few gallons left, And and what happened was this car pulled up on the other side, and and I said, hey, do you need some gas? And I said, I've got some to give. And I think I've told you this because I've done it more than once. Um, and I said, they said, well, and they kind of look at you literally weird. Like, what is your deal, buddy? And then I said, man, I've got five, bu- five, five gallons of gas that I want to give away. And, I, and it, then I'll reach my limit. And I'll get the full reward and all that kind of stuff and things like that. And so they said, well, sure. And so I did. And then the guy's then they're puzzled then they want to know who are you what planet did you come from where's your rocket ship et phone home kind of things you know and and but they started asking me just start asking me stuff and I said so what do you do that you can that you can give me gas like this and I said oh, well I'm just I'm a pastor and uh the guy said well I am too and I said and I was like okay and then he said, uh, and he was an African American man, and he said, uh, he, and uh, I, I said, "Oh, well, where are you, pastor?" And he told me about a church, and I don't recognize it. It's up north, it's up Crowley Road a little ways and stuff, and and things. And and then uh, and then I, I, I as as I was giving him the gas and stuff, I said, he said, "Where are you, pastor?" And I said, well, "I pastor at the Nazarene Church down there by the Walmart." He said, "Oh, the big one." I was like, "Well." in heart we're big yeah Uh, and uh, I said yeah that's where and and then I thought you know God maybe be giving you something here and so I just said to him I said hey you know what I would love to do I'd like for some time for our two churches to get together and I said I'm assuming your church is mostly African-American and he said yeah and I said and I said, we have some and, and people we love and people that put up with my preaching and enjoy the worship or whatever. But but I said, I'd love for the two churches to get together. Anyway, I don't absolutely know why I'm telling you that right now, except that I think that it's God doing something. I think that it's God working. I think that it's awesome. I think it's beautiful. Uh, and I look forward to the time. And he took my card. He didn't have one, but uh, he's going to be contacting me. And and um, I'm hoping for... For an opportunity, you know, especially with a division that is in this world today and the people that are trying to create division between the races, between the economic classes, between the educated and those that aren't educated and whatever else, uh, Republican and Democrat and all those things. It's it, it's I think it's important for us as a church to come together. Amen. Amen. Now, let's look at 1 John. We'll get back to uh, our series that we were on about 1 John. And we're looking at 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. And uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. We're in the NASB. And here we go. Children, uh, please stand for the reading of God's word. Children, it is the last hour. And just as you heard that Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not really of us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us. But they went out so that it would be shown that they all are not of us. Father God, I thank you for this word. I pray, Lord, that you would... I pray, Father, that you would explain this better than I'm able to. I pray, Father, that that through your spirit, you would minister to us and and help us to receive it and hold on to it and and recognize uh, the truths that we need out of this for our future. Father, we thank you today. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been looking at the book of 1 John for a few weeks prior to Easter and things, and I'm going to try to just do a real quick synopsis of what we looked at, and, and very briefly, um, and it really comes down to this. Paul says, I write these things to you so that you will not sin. So, excuse me, not Paul, John writes these things, he says, I write these things to you, inspired by the Holy Spirit, I write these things to you so that you will not Sin. Now we recognize sin as a willful transgression against the known law of God. So, so he's saying, I I, 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 I'm writing this to you. I'm writing this letter to you so that you won't mess up, so that you won't sin. That you, and and, and so we, we we take that, and he, and after that he says, however, if you do sin, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. So we take that to see that that there is an expectation that we would be a people who, following Christ, filled with His Spirit, are a people that have the ability to walk above above sin. In other words, and I'm not talking, you know, there's a lot of people out there aren't going to like this this preaching, but this is what the Bible says, that, that I write this to you so you will not sin, however, if you do. In other words, what he's saying is, you might sin from time to time, but that's not the practice. That's not the way. That shouldn't be the character of your life. That shouldn't be the standard of your life. It shouldn't be that every day you're committing sin and you're, and, and, and you're messing up over and over again. However, the, the practice ought to be. I write this to you so that you will live above sin. However, if you do however if you do there is an advocate jesus christ the righteous one you remember that day we talked about how we had a judge up here we had a we had the, the defense attorney and the and the uh, prosecuting attorney and and we explained how jesus is the defense attorney and 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 god the fa- and he is also the son of god the father and if he's arguing your case guess what you're going to win he is the advocate amen He also says in 1 John, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So there's this matter of continuing to confess our sin. And and when we recognize that we've sinned, don't try to hide it, don't try to bury it, don't try to act like it doesn't matter, don't act like it's no big deal, but instead confess it. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, the other part about 1 John are these tests. There are these tests that he gives us in this book. And one of the first tests is, if you love me, you will obey my commands. If you love me, you will obey my commands. So he's, he's giving us this test. Listen, if you really love God, if you genuinely are a follower of Jesus Christ, then you're going to do what he asks you to do. You're going to, you're going to follow the things that he says to do. So he has that. And then the second one is, if the second test is, if you're a follower of me, if you really do love me, then you're going to treat others correctly. You're going to treat them right. If you really love God, then you're going to love others. I think that was one of the most significant things that happened in my life when I became a believer was that God took me from being uh, really a selfish, selfish person and that that ugly head raises up still sometimes today but but took me from being somebody that was really selfish, looked down on people that didn't have any any benefit for me and and just didn't care about them, didn't worry about them didn't didn't have much empathy or anything like that whatsoever. But when I came to know Jesus, I started seeing people differently. I just plain started seeing people differently. When I saw people that were hurting, I hurt for them. When when I saw people with a physical ailment, I, I, I prayed for them. I, I cried out for them. When I f- saw people in a struggle or I saw just different things to where to where God, you know, started prompting me to reach out to them and actually pray for them in person and stuff to where God was just doing this thing, growing me and growing me in... In the faith, to where now, if you know, if I see somebody, I see a little child suffering or or whatever, you know, I uh, sometimes that even gets me in trouble when the parent is the one causing the suffering, and it seems really well, we'll go there. But but the, the, those are the two things now, he comes down to doctrine, and he's he's talking about doctrine, and so the first two are if if you are a child of God you follow his commands and if you are a child of God you love others those are just the reality now he's getting down to doctrine though and if you love me you will and look at this children it says children is the last hour and John calls everybody his children because this, book, this letter is written late in his, in his life and everybody that he's shared Christ with and they've accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and are following him and being discipled by him either personally or or by letter or however Uh, he he calls them his children he calls them his kids children it is the last hour now I want you to recognize this last hour Um, and and this is going to be a little bit odd for us maybe but the last hour is everything that happens from the resurrection of christ till the second coming of christ the last hour it's it's the last days when you see those terms last days or last hour in the scripture that's what he's talking about he's talking about that time period between the 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 first advent of christ or the life of christ on earth including his death and resurrection uh, and it, from that point until his second coming until he returns again it's the last days or the last hour I'd ask you uh, briefly turn to first uh, excuse me 2nd Peter 2nd Peter chapter 3 verses 3 through 10 2nd Peter chapter 3 verses 3 through 10 2nd Peter chapter 3 verses 3 through 10 Know this first of all, that in the last days, mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. For when they maintain this, it escapes their notice that by the word of God, the heavens existed long ago. And the earth was formed out of water and by water, through which the world at that time was destroyed, being flooded with water. But by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. But do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that the Lord one day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for anyone to perish, but for all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up. Isn't that a rosy picture pastor's preaching for you today? What I do want you to hear, though, is that the scripture clearly says, listen, in those last days, there will be those that mock this. There will be those that, that say, what about some second coming? It's been going on now for years and years. Now, listen, when John and 1 John is writing this letter, it's probably 30, 40 years after, uh, after Christ ascended. And after some of his other writings where he's first talking about Jesus returning. And now he's saying it again and he's realized, hey, it's not like it's, not like it's the day after ascension and he's saying Jesus is coming. However, when I think soon, I think, <laughs> I, I do tend to think, listen, it's going to be uh, next Thursday or in 10 minutes. And however, the, the scripture about the second coming itself, it can happen at any time. Everything that has, needs to be taking place has taken place as far as the coming of Christ. Wow. Now, at, at the same time, there there is something beautiful, there is something powerful, there is something compassionate about the fact that Christ is patient with us not wanting anyone to suffer and somehow is being patient holding off the the end of the end of all times so that everyone that is and will be a believer is, is brought into his eternal presence and then the scripture clearly says that the earth will be refined it will all be burned it will be refined as if a fire and it will all be started over and actually will have a genuine heaven on earth amen amen so he says it is the last hour and just as you heard that antichrist is coming Jesus had taught them about anti- the Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that it is the last hour. A couple of things I want you to notice. Antichrist. Christ we know is Messiah. Christ is the Messiah. Anti means instead of or against. Most of the time we think of against. If you are against uh, if you're against the Redskins, if you're against the Washington Redskins, then you are you are anti-Redskins. Uh, and I shouldn't have used that because it was a race, I guess. Uh, uh, if you're if you're against the Dolphins, that's better. If you're against the Dolphins, then you are anti-Dolphins. All right, you don't want dolphin meat in your tuna. Uh, you're anti. You got it. But what the enemy wants, what the enemy wants. He doesn't just want you, he he doesn't care if you're against God, anti-Christ, he doesn't matter, he doesn't care if you're against Christ, he's fine, he's perfectly fine with you being instead of Christ. Anything else, if there's anything else that can take the place of Christ, he's happily with that the enemy wants to steal kill and destroy he wants to distract you he wants to do everything he can from from you having a genuine awesome beautiful powerful adventurous relationship with Jesus Christ and it, it, and he doesn't really care if he turns you against Christ he just wants you to follow after things instead of Christ do you hear that so these antichrist that he is warning, John is warning us about, are not necessarily against, as a matter of fact, in the end, the very Antichrist, and there is an Antichrist that is coming, that he will be an individual, one individual. He, he is on the way, might be on the earth even now. He, he is on the way, but there's also all of these other Antichrist things that are going on. And he says, and, and people... Children, is the last hour, just as you heard, that Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that it is the last hour. So again, there's, there's last hour again. From this we know, hey, we're in the last times. We're in the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not really of us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us. But they went out so that it would be shown that they all are not of us but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you all know. Now, this is cool. If you are a genuine believer of Jesus Christ, you have an anointing. This does not not take place of study and reading of the Word and things like that but you have a special anointing we just anointed Renee here just a little bit ago uh and we put oil on her head for her friend and and Rami and 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 we did that and it's that anointing is supposed to be something that the word teaches us that that is a is a working of the power of God somehow and I I I can't explain it I bought this oil at Mardell's it's a frankincense oil. I, I, you know, but I'm going to trust. I'm going to believe the word. And, and this anointing is something that is placed upon us that helps us to discern the truth. Now, I can be listening to somebody and be going, yeah, you know what? I like what you're saying. And all of a sudden they say something and I might not have scripture reference for it at the time, but I'm going, that's not right. And there's something in my spirit that just says, that's not good. What they're saying, it just doesn't compute. That doesn't make sense. Now, I got to tell you that that is better, that is refined, that is stronger because of the time you spend in the Word, the time you spend studying the Word, reading the Word, applying the Word, memorizing the Word, all of those things. you, You have to be in the Word, but there's also... You guys know what I'm saying? You know, there are times, you know, maybe when you're with somebody and, and, uh, I I, I remember a buddy and I, and, and we got a job uh, hauling off a bunch of brick and the guy even paid us to go dump it in the dump to pay, to take it to the actual landfill and, and take it there. And, and on the way we saw this place along the road that had a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of, uh trash and people had stuff and building materials and things like that up in the side of the side of the hill. And he slowed down the truck and, and, and he backed up into that place. And we dropped down the lift, the, the tailgate. And, and then we both kind of looked at each other. <laughs> and that was pretty much all. There were a few words exchanged. And and not by me alone, he, he also, it was just kind of thing that when we were doing this, all of a sudden you just felt, this isn't right. And he grabbed the tailgate and he slammed it shut. We went, got in the car and went to the dump, went to the landfill and got rid of the stuff. That's, that's part of that anointing, Okay. That's part of that anointing. And what he's saying is here is that the Holy Spirit, if you have the Holy Spirit in you, the Holy Spirit will referee, the Holy Spirit will help you, not only in understanding the word, but going through things in your life. I'm going to get to the Antichrist more here just in a moment. He says, uh, verse 21. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? Now, we're going to look. This is what the Antichrist is. The Antichrist is one who denies that Jesus is the Christ. This is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father. The one who confesses the Son has the Father also. Wow. Now, what he's saying is, from the beginning, when we came to you and your heart was stirred and you cried out and you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you knew, you knew then it was right. That was true. This was correct. And so you begin following after that. You begin following after Christ and the Holy Spirit is ministering to you and, and speaking to you and teaching you and developing you and drawing you to the Word and, and, and drawing you to prayer and, 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 and recognizing people differently than you ever had before and all of these different things are happening but now somebody out there is trying to teach you things that are different than what you had learned and those things ought to be the things that the Holy Spirit is, is grabbing your attention and saying, wait a minute, stay away from that, run from that don't go down that track, whoa, 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 whoa Now there's a lot today of people you see it with entertainers and stuff like that they'll come out and they'll have maybe the dirtiest ugliest routine the most perverted routine that they've ever had you know in the music or comedy routine or this or that or the other thing but it's interesting how many of them beforehand will have a prayer and they'll pray and ask God to bless their routine. Now oftentimes they don't mention Jesus, they just want that supreme being out there somewhere, the force or whatever it is to bless their routine. But see, Jesus the Christ isn't any part of that. And the Antichrist is those that deny the Christ. They deny the Christ. Listen, there's also, there's, there's world religions today that also deny the christ i 've been noticing lately the Mormons are back in town they're they're uh, they 're riding around and stuff and, and on their ten speeds and they 've got the white shirt the black sh- slacks and the black tie and stuff like that whose birthday was that Julia's yeah they were back in town a while back and we went to uh, Chipotle or someplace like that and And we got in there, and there's about 15 of uh, Mormons in there. And I thought, you know what? It was her birthday. She chose the place. And she chose that place because the waiters at Chipotle will not sing for your birthday. That's why she did it, because Dad always does that. And I looked at all these white shirts and black ties, and I thought, hey. So I went up to them, and I said, hey, my daughter, it's her birthday. Do you mind singing happy birthday to her? And so they sang happy birthday to her. Uh, It was cool. The Mormon... Choir saying happy (laughs) birthday to my daughter, Julia. (sighs) Listen, if a Mormon asks you if Jesus Christ is their savior, they'll say yes. They'll say yes, he is. Uh, If you ask, is he the only begotten son? They'll say yes, yes, he is. If you go down that line, I mean, they might want to talk to you about eternal marriage. They might want to talk to you about Salt Lake. They might want to talk to you about all kinds of different things. But don't mess with all that stuff. Just go right to Jesus. Is Jesus your Savior? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes. Is He the Son? Yes, yes, yes. Is He the Son of who? And then they say, Adam. You go, who? Adam. You mean Adam, the one who was married to Eve, who ate her family out of house and home, that one? Yeah, yeah, her, him, Adam. You see, Jesus is not the Son of God to the Mormons. He is not the Son of the Father, God. Guess what? They deny the Christ. They deny his Messiahship. If you go to the Jehovah Witnesses and you speak to them about it, they're going to want to talk to you about prophecy. They're going to talk to you about the end times. They're going to talk to you about 144,000 people. And evidently, the harder you work... You got to get into the 144,000 if you really want salvation and stuff like that and eternity and all of that good stuff and and if that's even so and they're going to argue with you about the trinity because they don't believe in the trinity and things like that and if there's been billions of christians on this earth and only 144,000 are going to make it then wow you ain't got a chance but then you ask them well, is Jesus your savior? Oh, yeah, yeah, he is. Did he die for your sins? Yeah, 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 yeah. He died for his sins. Well, who is Jesus? Well, he's the archangel Michael. <laughs> Listen, folks, you were created higher than the archangel Michael. Amen. Matter of fact, the archangel Michael looks down at you from heaven and says, Lord, what did you see in them? But you're higher than him. Whoa. And see, where they've placed Jesus is completely wrong. It's not right. It's not salvation. It's not Savior. It's not Lord. It's not the name above all names. You hear me? You hear me? The Unity Church is another one, (laughs) they're really growing. You can ask them if Jesus is Savior, and they'll say, yeah, He's a Savior. But they'll say that, He's a Savior. You can ask Him, is He the only way? No, He's just a shower. He is a shower. I don't even know if that's a word. It it looks like shower to me, but shower of the way. A shower. He shows others the way. He, He shows Buddha and all the other... As a matter of fact, they're they're a whole bunch of nothing. They don't believe in anything. But Jesus is not the Christ, the Son of the living God. And that is the confession that Jesus told Peter on that rock. Not you, Peter, but on that confession. I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Do you hear me? There's so many anti-Christian things that are going on and, and, and New York was, was huge for so many things. Not only, it was, it was Pride Week and, or month or whatever and, and there, were, there were rainbows all over. I want you to know this, that the rainbow God gave us as a promise that He would never completely deluge the whole entire earth in a flood to destroy man again but that the next time he's going to purify the earth, it will be with fire. You see, the demonic happens... Every time Jesus or Jesus' principles or loving one another or caring about one another or, or, or ministering to others, every time the, the principles, the love, the picking up your cross and denying yourself, every time the love of Christ is shoved out of, the, out of whatever it is, then all of the sudden you have the demonic. And see... Just like the antichrist is an instead of Christ, pornography is an instead of the beautiful sexuality that's intended inside the marriage relationship of one man and one woman. Even though working... (laughs) and making a living and caring for your family and, 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 and delivering a, 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 an honest, strong, charactered life that, that, that with the grace of God builds a home and a family and maybe a company or whatever with your hard work and your hard... But then the devil comes along and has this perverted way of addicting people to gambling to where they, they lose everything instead of gain. or they steal instead of the work after the purpose of God that he and everything that God sets up as good the enemy comes in and tries to pervert he tries to he tries to give it a a counterfeit he he gives it a, a one that's supposed to look like it but it's but it's not real it's not genuine it's not satisfying it's it's not the real thing. And in the end, it leads to destruction. Do you know that at the banks, if you get a job there, they don't come out and give you samples of all the, of, of all the money that is counterfeit. What they do, now now they'll show you examples and stuff, I'm sure, but that's not the main thing. When they're training you and stuff, they're training you with the real bills. You're working with the real bills and you're working with them so much. Have you ever seen a really good cashier? And I I mean, they're just going through hundreds of dollars at a time or whatever, and just boom, and they stop. And it's because the the feel of the counterfeit is so strange to them. It's so odd. That's what he's saying to us is, listen, the question needs to be about any other ministry or any other practice or any other job, any, any, any work that you're doing, any relationship you have. If, 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 if Christ isn't in it, if, if, if you start to feel, you start to sense that in some way it's... And now, I know, you know you're going to minister to somebody that doesn't know Jesus... That's going to be a reality. (laughs) But Jesus is still going to be there and Jesus is going to be all in on this relationship with somebody, ministering to somebody who needs to know Jesus. But but otherwise, otherwise God's going to start shooting off flares, speaking in your head, letting you know, hey, don't go that direction. Stop, stop, stop. God will say, this just doesn't feel right close the tailgate do you hear me yeah, that's all right. you know I remember when I was back in college there was a couple different things there were some that said that Jesus had returned and that in his return he had uh, he had bought a flat in uh, London and was staying in London for a while and people were going to see him and stuff there was another, a full-page ad. I think I still have it somewhere in archives somewhere. A full-page ad that was taken out in in papers across the country that said that Jesus was returning on such and such a date, and it would be out in the desert, and that. And I, I don't know if it was some billionaire's prank to try to see how many people would actually go out into the desert or what, but but of course it didn't. It didn't happen. As we move forward. <laughs> As we go through these days, that are definitely in the last days, and I really think that soon is sooner than we than it was. Does that make sense? You can write that down. Soon is sooner than it was. <laughs> that it's going to be important to see what any teacher, what any and actually i think government leaders this this applies to them too and i know sometimes you have to vote for the lesser of two evils or whatever but but recognizing who jesus is in whatever it's about knowing that we're in a fallen world but with me with mine with my home with 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 <laughs> with you, with yours, with your home. In my decisions, is Jesus in it? Is Jesus leading me? Is Jesus directing me? Am I hearing his voice? Am I am I running after him? Or is this of this world? Amen. So he says all this. I've written to you that this... I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie is of the truth. As for you, verse 24, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. Listen, there are churches out there that will tell you that if you leave their church, you're going to hell. If you're in that church, you're probably in trouble. See, if you, you can leave this Nazarene church and go to another Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church, and I'm not concerned at all about your peril, salvation-wise. I, I, I'm not. I, I'd love for you to stick around. I'd love for you to be a part of things and actually be a greater part of things here. The problem is not what some people teach that to be, but the problem is if you leave and go anywhere where it starts to teach that you don't need God or you don't need Jesus the Christ or Jesus isn't the Messiah or anything like that and there's any other philosophy or teachings or whatever that you would buy into that are not centered in the lordship and the Christship and the eternality of Jesus Christ then you are in trouble now I know of schools and even theological schools that will Take in the young student of 18 years old. Is am I that far off? My wife, said, sorry. I'll end with this. I know of schools where they will tell the student, "I'm going to tear apart everything that you were taught by your parents and by your pastor and by your Sunday school teacher." And I'm going to let you rebuild it. Run from that school. Run from that school. Introducing new ideas. Helping somebody to grow. Things like that. Yeah. But if they want to tear down. The truths. And the truths of the word. And start over. They're starting over wrong. Father God. I. I. Thank you for this day. I didn't realize how far we'd gone and how in the time. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be a people that are genuinely after you. That we don't let all of the things in this world that would be instead of Jesus get in the way. whether it be another religion or a bank account or a job or Netflix or another person. Father, I pray that nothing would be instead of Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Lord, that you would have your way in each and every one of us. And Father, I pray as we go out into the mission field, I pray that we would go out, not afraid of the other people, not afraid of those that think differently than us, but just, just full of who you are, <laughs> with with eagerness to share the reality, the reality of who you are with others. Father, we love you today. We praise you. We need you in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand? This, thing this-